Welcome to this guided meditation with Father Mark, your guide for a more intimate and transformative connection with Christ. Please pause, play, and adapt this aid to facilitate your own personal conversation with the Lord. It's good to be with you all once again to pray. So I encourage you, as always, to find a place that's helpful for your prayer, a good posture, Put aside anything that might distract you, and let's turn our hearts and minds to the Lord, beginning together in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As always, we begin by bringing ourselves into God's presence through the acts of faith, hope, and love. Lord, I activate that faith in you. Faith that you are here with me. Faith that you surround me, hold me in the palm of your hand. That you are always here with me as a loving and provident Father. And I hope in you, I hope in your love, your goodness, your kindness. I hope in your fidelity that you've never let your people down and you will never let me down. You are faithful, and I hope in that. You're not like human beings that are fickle and changing with their passions, but you are solid, consistent, and forever faithful. And I know you'll be faithful to me in this time of prayer, and I hope in that. Hope in your promise that you would be with me always, even to the ends of the earth and to the end of time. And I love you, Lord. I love you with this time that I give you. I love you with my heart, with my mind, with my effort to remain concentrated on you and to keep my heart before you. I imagine you here, Lord Jesus, with me, perhaps seated next to me, seated in front of me, conversing with me like I would converse with a friend. I'm grateful that you're here with me. Now I pull the text for the gospel of today in front of me and I read through looking for anything that might inspire or speak to me. Any words that might jump out to me that then I can come circle back on and and talk to you about. Activate my imagination as well, Lord, as I read to imagine you in this scene. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verse 11 to 26. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple area. He looked around at everything and since it was already late, went out to Bethany with the 12. The next day, As they were leaving Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing from a distance a fig tree and leaf, he went over to see if he could find anything on it. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves. It was not the time for figs. And he said to it in reply, May no one ever eat of your fruit again. And his disciples heard it. They came to Jerusalem, and on entering the temple area, he began to drive out those selling and buying there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who are selling doves. He did not permit anyone to carry anything through the temple area. 
Then he taught them, saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples? But you have made it a den of thieves. The chief priests and the scribes came to hear of it and were seeking a way to put him to death. Yet they feared him because the whole crowd was astonished at his teaching. When evening came, they went out of the city. Early in the morning, as they were walking along, they saw the fig tree withered to its roots. Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Jesus said to them in reply, Have faith in God. Amen, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it shall be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, all that you ask for in prayer, believe that you will receive it and it shall be yours. When you stand to pray, forgive anyone against whom you have a grievance so that your heavenly father may in turn forgive you your transgressions. Jesus, as I begin this passage, it's always one of those passages that challenges me, the different scenes But I'm struck that you go up to the temple area that afternoon and and inspect everything. It was already late, it says. Then you went to Bethany with the Twelve. Imagine you, Jesus, inspecting the temple, that place of worship that should be dedicated to your Father. What did you see there? What is it that perturbed you or, or led you to Resolve, tomorrow I'm going to come back and I'm going to teach a lesson. I'm going to purify the house of the Father. Something there must have upset you. And Jesus, it leads me to meditate on what your temple is today, the church. The living church in her buildings, but above all in her people, in her ministers, priests, bishops, her religious or consecrated men and women or lay people. If you were to walk around and inspect and observe the church, what would move in your heart? I'm sure, Jesus, there would be things there that would perturb you like they did when you walk through the temple. That there may be elements of your church that are seeking gain, self-profit, that are putting themselves and their own advancement ahead of that pure worship of you and your Father. And I could take some time now to repent, to ask for mercy, to even look into my own heart and see if I'm part of those who look for my own gain or my own profit through the church, through the members of the church, through my position. I'm sure, Jesus, that you would also walk through the temple of your church and see some beautiful souls, souls that inspire you, that give you joy. So many consecrated souls that serve you in humility and hiddenness and and pure love. So many lay people that carry out their duty on a daily basis in humility and simplicity and love. So many volunteers, so many people that sacrifice their time, their energy, their their means to serve your church and advance its mission. I can give thanks for all those, the ones that I know, 
the ones that I've witnessed and seen and glorify you, Jesus, for your goodness, your grace that's at work in these beautiful souls. I'm sure, Jesus, you would also see some mediocre souls, some passive souls, some kind of just takers, kind of people that go through the motions that don't really realize or understand or or allow the mysteries that they witness and participate in to transform them. Perhaps well-meaning, but distracted souls in your church. Just like in that temple, I'm sure there were people just bustling around, going about their daily duty and doing what they always did, whether it was stopping in for a moment, whether it was working, keep clean, whether it was priests that were just going about their duty. There were probably then, as there is now, a lot of mindless souls. Again, not evil, just passive, unaware. I guess those souls would elicit a bit of your mercy, your pity, your love, your desire to reach them, as they do for me. When I think of any of those different groups, Lord, I feel the desire to to make reparation with my own love and, and fidelity and accompaniment of you for those souls that seek self-profit. feel in me a desire to evangelize and to awaken and to serve and challenge, inspire those souls that are maybe sleepwalking through their their participation in your church. And I feel the desire to give thanks and to rejoice, to be grateful for so many souls that I'm in contact with that are really engaged, that are active apostles, that are eager to grow in their spiritual life, that are responding to your grace, that are carrying crosses faithfully and out of love. And I thank you for those souls. And Jesus, there's so many other things in this passage that I could focus on rather than distract myself with trying to understand why you cursed the fig tree that wasn't even in season, although I'd see in that a prophetic gesture, not so much a kind of a random, unjust, kind of flippant curse, but a sign for your apostles that you want to see fruits that all of creation is ordered towards you and that you are ordered to the Father. In those areas of the world that don't give the fruit that they should, bring your attention, your, your curse. Not as in just kind of waking up on the wrong side of the mat not just a human kind of disappointment and frustration and so you take it out on the fig tree. No, Jesus, you are much more than that. You're all holy and good. Everything you do is just and and intentional. So I see you speaking to me there. 
I could also meditate on Bethany and your friends there that you lived with when you were there, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, and how I'm sure you were consoled to be with them. I could meditate how you talked with Peter and interpreted this sign for him. So many other things in this passage of your purifying and putting order in the house of God, reestablishing in the temple. Your order, I can meditate on your courage that knowing that you were under the watch of the Pharisees and scribes, you didn't avoid these gestures that would bring their attention, their ire, their judgment. You were courageous and bold in your living what the Father asked of you. We'll close here and allow you to take some time to continue as long as you're able on any one of these lines of meditation and dialogue with Jesus. Jesus, as I close this time of meditation, I thank you for your witness to me, for your prophetic gestures, for the way you challenged me and invited me to grow. And I'll take away from this meditation a resolution to be courageous today, to not hold off on speaking your word or your truth, always in kindness and mercy, but especially in boldness today. Thank you, Jesus. And even as I end this meditation, be with me throughout the day. Amen. This has been a guided meditation with Father Mark Haydu of the Legionaries of Christ. If this has helped you, please consider sharing it with a friend, along with the other meditations, homilies, and talks found on the Legionaries of Christ podcast, located on all major platforms, or go to rcnytristate.org for links.